My own mother tried to kill me because I didn't give her money for her birthday. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell to turn on notifications. When I was first married, money wasn't that easy to come by. I had a form of leukemia that took up most of our money. Due to this, we couldn't just spend money like we wanted to. God bless my husband for being such a sweetheart. We were only in our early 20s and he still pushed us through this. December 23rd is my mother's birthday. She is an awful person. She tried to get me pregnant because she wanted more money from the state. But that's an entirely different story. So this was 20 years ago. We didn't really have the same type of cell phones that we have today. So I didn't know until I got home from treatment that my mom had called me multiple times. Three minutes later, I counted, she shows up at the door. She asks for her money. Both of us are confused, of course. She wants her birthday money, which I've never given before to her. She wanted $608. That exact amount. When I told her no, that we can't afford that, she lost it. Screaming at me. Calling me a floozy hoochie mama and an entitled bee. She gave birth to me so I should do what she says. And then I say I'm an adult and I don't have to listen. I was angry and tired and I just threw up a few minutes ago. This set her off. She grabbed the kitchen knife and ran at me. While my husband is trying to hold her back, she stuck me right between two ribs, but didn't pierce any organ, thank goodness. I don't know what happened in my husband's mind, but he snapped. Her arm broke backwards in his rage while screaming something I don't even think was in a human language. He ended up calling the police and she was arrested while I was taken to the hospital. Even more bills to pay, but surprisingly was taken care of by a domestic violence victims foundation. My mom got seven years in prison. I moved out and moved to Louisiana. This morning, I got a call from my sister that she passed away last night. How she did, I don't know. I don't care. She took her entitlement and almost killed her daughter because of it. I'm sure many of you guys were wondering about that other story she was referring to. Well, here it is. Someone asked for the other story. When I was in school, my mom wanted more benefits from the state. So when I came home from school, there was a guy sitting there. My mom tells me to sit down, so I do. She says that she wants a grandbaby now so she can get more smokes. Those were her words. She pointed at the man beside her who was now looking terrified. He didn't know my age nor that he was there to practically get me pregnant for food stamps. I don't want to piss her off so I say no ma'am this is really dumb. She in her infinite wisdom hated this. She hated me talking back. She goes on the offensive screaming how she created me and I'm a child and I will do what she says. This poor guy is even more terrified now as he's in a strange woman's house. He's the son of one of her friends and doesn't know her directly. She's screaming and there's me, a girl talking back. I rarely scream. I'm a quiet person. He runs and calls the police on my neighbor's phone. 15 minutes later, they get there and try to calm her down. This does not work at all. She screams at them that she's my mother and they cannot tell her how to be a parent. She slaps the cop hard. She goes down to the floor quick. Long story short after that is I get to live with my dad and eventually get married. She gets off on some plea deal and gets two years and a bunch of community service. The court tried to get me to return to her, which instead of that, I got emancipated. I was working at that point and engaged. I only saw her a handful of times after this instance. This mother is absolutely sick. In both instances, what she did to her own daughter is just so awful that she doesn't even seem like she sees her as her daughter or a human for that matter. I'm glad the guy in the second story ran off and called the police right away and he wasn't stopped in the process of doing so to put an end to this. And in the first story, I'm also glad that the husband was there to 
stop this because who knows what would have happened if the husband hadn't been there. Because in that moment, she was already incapacitated and if not for the husband being there, this whole thing could have gone a totally different direction. And honestly, I can understand why she didn't care how the mom died or when she died after her seven year sentence in prison. The one part of the story that I wish there was more information on is what is the $608? Why that specific amount and why did she need it right then and there? Was the mother having some sort of manic episode or is there some sort of actual significance to the $608? There's not really any clarification there, but you guys can let me know what you think that means down below. And how would you go about handling a situation like this? I'm a Wiccan and I get bullied a lot because of it, but one day I got jumped so bad by a group of teens that I had to go to the emergency room. One of the teens that was almost overage got a slap on the wrist and was let free. And that same teen is the one who took my dog and did horrible things to him. This story is about how my mom hit her final breaking point, burned down his family's house, and ultimately got her revenge. I am a Wiccan, aka not a Christian, and I'm pretty open about it. Now, this got me in trouble when I was younger, specifically in the fourth grade. I was bullied heavily in school for this since I lived in a predominantly Christian area in the South. Note, my town is literally only 900 people. This means everyone knows everyone. The bullying started typical and manageable, being called names and having stuff knocked out of my hands. The only thing that ever really got under my skin is that they would call me a Satanist or a devil worshiper. But even then, I'd just brush it off since I'm neither of those things and I'd even correct them on what Satanism is. This might have made it worse for a bit, but I had fun doing it. Well, one day, I must have done something these kids really didn't like because they managed to talk their older siblings into following me home to beat me up. Some of their siblings were seniors or even graduates. Three of them were legally adults. This is especially important. As a kid, I had no sense of danger and I just took them following me as them just going the same way. But I was still moving pretty fast because we just got a Wii and I wanted to play Mario. Well, I managed to get to my front yard, but not much further than that. When my backpack got grabbed and I was pushed to the ground. These teens were wailing on me and they weren't pulling any punches either. And I guess my mom heard the noise and came outside and that's when they ran off. My mom picked me up and had to take me to the emergency room. I had two fractures in my nose and a broken arm. This meant that I couldn't play the Wii until it healed. And the police were called while I was there. Remember how I said I reached my yard? Well, we had cameras that caught most of the attack and caught almost all of the teens' faces. The ones who were 16 and under mostly got a slap on the wrist and that was that. There were about seven of them, I think. Not all were wailing on me. Some were recording. Now, there was this 17-year-old, who I will call a trashy teen from here on, who managed to walk out of this after a few days in the county jail. My mom was not happy with this at all, since his birthday was about two weeks away and he should have been charged as an adult. Now, like I said before, this is a small town where everyone knows everyone else and my mom knew exactly where trashy teen lived and knew his parents. This is the point where my mom shared the majority of this story. I'd like to point out that his parents weren't nice people at all and my mom definitely had more than one reason to despise these people such as when they stole our Pomeranian from our yard, tied him to a street light and then struck him with a stick until he passed. The fact that their son broke my bones sent her off the edge with his family and I think the final nail in the coffin for them was actually bragging about how their son got away with beating up quote that heathen boy at the local stores and on social media. It didn't take too long for my mom to work out a plan in her mind because later that week she told me that she'd get them out of town no matter what. My mom is not a killer though and while she later did admit she was attempted to enact the plan much sooner, she chose not to make things worse if she got caught. She waited for two months, that is until 
until summer break hit. Trashy family was not one to be quiet about big plans since they loved to brag about having more money than most of the people in town and they would always announce when they would be going on vacation, where they'd be going and for how long they'd be going. This was it. My mom's golden opportunity. She made sure everything was set. She checked around the trashy family's neighbors' houses for any cameras. She made sure she had a place she wouldn't be seen and on the last day of trashy family's vacation, as I said, they'd even announce how long they'd be gone. She went down at night and set their house on fire. This small town didn't have its own fire station. The nearest one was 45 minutes away. By the time a truck got there, the damage had been done. Most of their house was completely destroyed. Just like clockwork, that next morning they arrived to see the destruction. You could hear the screaming three blocks away. My mom just sat in her chair, drinking coffee, and watched the Golden Girls. The reason I chose to write this now is because my mother passed away in 2017. This is when she chose to tell me the whole story. I didn't want anyone who knew her to read this immediately after her passing, so I waited a few years before sharing. Was she the jerk for burning down their house in response to what that boy did to me? What happened to the original poster here is terrible, but even just what happened to the dog is sickening. How could this even be a thing that would happen that these people could get away with? About the whole situation with the dog, the OP actually said, I didn't get told the truth about Tiny, the name of the dog, until I was in junior high. You have to be really twisted to do something like that to a dog. I'm assuming they also did that for the same reason because they didn't like that the dog's owners were Wiccans. Not that that's a reason to do anything to anyone, but what does that even have to do with the dog here? The dog isn't actively making a decision about this whole thing. And I mean, the fact that they regularly flaunt their wealth in their town of 900 people just to feel good about themselves, I guess, is not exactly a good sign of their character here either. But trying to see all of this through the mom's perspective, maybe she really did just feel powerless after being persecuted this entire time through all these different kids and her own experiences and the experience with the dog. And then ultimately this situation with this guy who also just got off without any real punishment was her actual breaking point. And the mom probably knew what she was doing was extremely risky and the consequences of her getting caught would be very severe. And that's why she didn't tell the original poster here, her kid, what the truth was until before she passed away. So if you were the mom in this situation, how would you have handled this whole thing if this was also your breaking point? Would you have burned down a house or handled it a different way? Let me know down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. I worked for a company that provides specialized equipment used in manufacturing. To protect my anonymity, I'll have to be vague about exactly what this machine does. During my time working in this field, I got to know many clients who needed these machines installed and serviced. One of these customers will call Jake. I later left the company for a different job, but Jake apparently kept my number. One afternoon, I got a call from Jake that they wanted a new unit installed and another unit needed maintenance and wanted to know if I was available. I let him know that I left the company, but that I could pass him on to someone who could help. He tells me he'll pay two times my current rate to install the unit over the weekend. He lets me know that the company has increased the rates for installation and the company just can't afford it. The instructions they sent over just aren't clear enough and their engineers are scratching their heads trying to figure it out. He begs me to consider it and I agree. For more context, installing this unit can take a good few hours or up to a day on your own. The company gives you two options. You can either pay for an engineer to come and install it or you can save money and they will send instructions so the customer's own engineers can install it. The instructions are not easy to follow and it's company policy that if someone has started to install the equipment, the supplier wouldn't get involved since they couldn't verify that any of the pieces weren't broken. This will be important later. I drive down on the weekend and they show me the boxes of equipment. I set to work and I make good progress 
progress installing the unit. Around 6 hours in, I'm stopped by Jake who greets me. I let him know that I'm nearly finished and he tells me, Sorry, but they don't have the budget to pay you. He understands my frustration, but his engineers can take it from here. To say that I was frustrated was an understatement. I wanted revenge. There's a small button inside the unit that changes the unit to test mode. This is done to perform maintenance on the unit, but it's impossible to configure the unit with this button pressed. It's only possible to reach this button using a pin, so it's not easily pressed during installation. Because of this, the installation instructions don't mention it. There's no real way of telling the equipment is in test mode, it just won't work normally. I think you can guess where this is going. I click the button, collect my things, and leave. Monday morning I get a call from Jake. I declined it. I knew my old company wouldn't get involved since I already started installing the unit. I knew his engineers would never figure it out. I just had to let him stew. A few days later, with many missed calls, I finally pick up. Jake is furious. He asks me where the heck I've been and why I haven't been picking up the phone. He tells me they can't figure out how to configure the machine and they need my help. I tell him, why is this my problem? You won't pay me. He told me that he was sorry and they would work something out if I could get there as soon as possible. I told him, oh no, you're going to pay me the 7,000 pounds up front before I do anything. I'd never felt this powerful before. He screamed at me for a bit and then hung up. He called back a day later after saying he's sorry for how he acted and said that if I could come and fix it, he would pay me in a totally defeated tone. He tried to fight it saying he'll pay when I was done, but I was having none of it. After a bit of back and forth, he agrees to pay me. The money hit my account and I came in the next day. The look of confusion on his face when I took out a pin and changed the unit from test mode was priceless. It was even more priceless seeing his reaction to me packing up my tools and leaving after only 20 minutes of configuring. It was the easiest 7,000 pounds I'd ever made. Moral of the story, don't try to mess with a professional problem solver. Was I the jerk? So it seems pretty obvious this guy was being a scumbag and knew he was going to do this all along. He probably thought since it looked like the job was finished that the job was finished and so he told him, oh, I can't pay you now. Sorry. Knowing full well the entire time that he wasn't planning on paying him at all. I don't know if you guys have ever seen any of those videos where contractors will do work in people's houses and then the people will just not pay them. In some of those videos, the contractor will just take a sledgehammer and destroy all of the work they just did so that the person doesn't get free labor at the end of the day, even though they still lose out on the money. There was actually a quoted story in response to this that had to do with Henry Ford, the creator of Ford Motor Company, and one of the engineers, Steinmetz. In this short story, electrical engineers at Henry Ford's River Rogue plant in Michigan couldn't solve some problems they were having with a gigantic generator. They called Steinmetz from General Electric into the plant. Upon arriving, Steinmetz rejected all assistance and asked only for a notebook, a pencil, and a cot. Steinmetz listened to the generator and scribbled computations on the notepad for two days straight and nights. On the second night, he asked for a ladder, climbed up the generator, and made a chalk mark on its side. Then he told Ford skeptical engineers to remove a plate at the mark and replace 16 windings from the field coil. They did and the generator performed to perfection. Henry Ford was thrilled until he got an invoice from General Electric in the amount of $10,000. Ford acknowledged Steinmetz's success, but balked at the figure. He asked for an itemized bill. Steinmetz responded personally to Ford's request with the following, making the chalk mark on the generator $1, knowing where to make the mark $9,999, and ultimately, Ford paid the bill. I think that story perfectly exemplifies something 
that is kind of hard to quantify, and that is the amount of time that it took for someone to get skills in order to do a very specialized job. It might have only looked like a few minutes, but there were probably years and years of training behind those few minutes. Let me know if you've ever seen a situation like this before, and jerk or not a jerk, and why. Am I the jerk for blowing up on my fiance in front of his family for getting my daughter's cat out of the house? I'm a 35-year-old female, and I got engaged to my fiance, Eric, 37, two months ago. He moved in with me and my daughter, Zoe, who's 13. Everything was going well until he started complaining about Zoe's cat, which is strange because the cat is so sweet and quiet most of the time. So I had no idea what the issue was exactly. Anyways, he went from complaining about the cat to making demands about her. He gave Zoe a list of places the cat can and can't go. Things that she's allowed to touch, banned her from places like the kitchen and the sofa, which is Zoe's favorite place to cuddle with her cats. Zoe showed me this list and I had an argument with him telling him he needed to stop because this is ridiculous. He ranted about this being his house too and how he expects things to change after we get married. A few days ago I was at work and I get a call from Zoe crying saying that her cat wasn't in her room or in the house. I freaked out too and I went back home to look for her. Zoe and I looked for two hours before a neighbor of ours brought her and told us that he saw Eric leaving her outside and getting in his car and leaving. I was surprised and quite angry. Zoe took her cat and went back inside. I immediately drove to my future in-laws home where Eric said he'd be. The second I saw him sitting with his family, I went off and blew up at him in front of everyone. His mom asked what was happening and I told her her son got my daughter's indoor cat outside the house probably hoping that she would get lost. He argued about wanting me to stop spouting nonsense and go home and we talked there but I refused. It got worse and I ended up leaving after his family flipped out on him. He sent a bunch of texts about the stunts that I pulled in front of his family. He said that he didn't mean to leave the cat out but after checking the cams I confirmed it. He still insisted that I humiliated him in front of his family and tried to to turn them against him. He's been staying with a friend and has stopped calling and texting. So am I the jerk for blowing up on him in front of his family? I don't know much about the difference between indoor versus outdoor cats, but based on what the original poster here said, if his intention was for the cat to get totally lost and an indoor cat wouldn't be able to find their way back in, that is really cruel. That's basically sentencing that cat to starvation, to dehydration. Who knows if they'd be able to find any food out there, especially if they're in a suburban area where there's not exactly wildlife running around for them to catch. And even if the cat found a dumpster or something, what are the chances they're going to be able to find drinking water? So was he trying to sentence the cat to death or was there some other weird alternative? Why would he even touch the cat to take it outside in the first place? And what exactly does he expect to change after they get married? He's sort of just speaking in vague terms, but is the whole cat thing specifically he's referring to? It seems like the OP is walking into a pretty bad situation that's only going to get worse. Because if you could be that heartless to do something like that to the animal, assuming that's what his intention was, then nothing else is going to get better. So let me know what you would do if this was your cat. If somebody took your cat and put it outside so it would get lost and never come back to the house, how would you handle it and jerk or not a jerk and why? When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories in this series, use the playlist at the top of the description. And next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search for cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you use for copyright free music to use for your stream. It's free. Cream of the stream. Either way, thanks a lot for listening. I'll see you guys next time.